1: Hey, everybody. Welcome into Roosters on Olentangy River Road here in Columbus. This is Letterman Live, brought to you by our friends at Roosters. I am Austin Ward. Down there, Spencer Holbrook wearing that really good-looking shirt. Anthony Schlegel, attack and dominate here to make the difference in our show. And Mike (laughs) Doss. You guys know these two Buckeyes, of course. Uh, And they were probably pretty happy on Saturday to get out of the rain and watch their Buckeyes win 38-7 over the Wisconsin Badgers. Undefeated heading into November and an off date here. Uh, That Boy, that 31-point margin. Somebody got that right last week. I wonder uh, who that was. (laughs) Just, uh, you know, going to give myself, yeah, there's that pat (laughs) on the back that that I was looking for. Um, So, I mean, that that to me, guys, was pretty easy to see coming just because I've been so impressed with how complete Ohio State is. But that doesn't mean that Wisconsin still isn't a very good team, that there might not be a rematch in Indianapolis in a couple weeks. So, I don't know. Schlags, start with you. When you look at this win, how much does it mean? How impressive was it to you? Uh, How do you spin this one forward? Yeah, so
2: for me, looking at our offense versus the number one defense in the country, and I actually mentioned this, the reason they were the number one defense in the country was the fact that they held the ball for 38 minutes every game. So if my defense doesn't have to go out there as much, yeah, I'm going to have the number one defense in the country because I have less opportunities for people to run the ball on me. Poof David Copperfield, that's what we saw. <laughs> but with this team against, them, against Wisconsin in the shoe, you saw the physicality. And the good thing was it just didn't happen right away. That There were some growing pains. Guys had to adjust. They were, they were moving around their linebackers, how they were blitzing from the edge but wrapping guys in the middle. We had to communicate that. And, yeah, we gave up some sacks. But ultimately at the end of the day, as Ryan Day has said, this is a power run spread team. That's what we do, and then you got to see J.K. Dobbins and that offensive line take over a very tough, physical Wisconsin defense mm-hmm. and rush for 264 yards. Like, that is impressive. That's what wins championships, along with the way that our defense played, flying around, making tackles. The difference besides the scheme and the concepts that we're seeing and the eye discipline that Spence mentioned earlier as we were off there talking was the fact that we are tackling, and you can tackle that way when you know where the ball's going and what you need to do on your responsibility
1: is awesome. And, Mike, you've said this a number of times over the last few weeks that it seems simpler, you know, letting these guys play. I, I, I always had a hard time wrapping my, my mind around that because it looks like they're mixing in a lot more things. Like we saw the 4-4 four, four, right. uh, for the first time. Mean, not the first time, but they really used it extensively against Wisconsin. You had Chase Young with a different personnel where he's li- stand-up up, linebacker. Playing a he's linebacker moving mixing, around, yeah, mixing zone and man. Like they're doing a lot more, yep. and yet you're still seeing that same thing where they're playing – more free, more confident. Yeah, and
0: they're just playing gap assignment football, and that's where they're lining up. You know. Coach Halfley coming from the NFL, he understands gap assignment, staying in your gap and letting that you, letting that individual make that play once it hits his gap. Mm-hmm. So these guys are able to line up, diagnose the offense, they know the formations, they study a lot of film as they talk about, they're in the film room every day collectively as a group and when they come out and see those formations, a couple little motions, little wrinkles here and there, Wisconsin tried to do, but ultimately it comes down to guys being gap sound, making open field tackles and uh, as I think our tackle chart right now I think uh, Malik Harrison is 41, Jordan Fuller is 41, and then it's like Pete Warner, 32. (laughs) Then our next guy is like 28, 29. So, I mean, you got a gang of guys just collectively, (laughs) you know, right there fighting for, you know, leading the team in tackle. But they're playing cohesively as a group, very sound, making a lot of plays.
1: And, and Spencer, you pointed this out to me in the press box when we got out of the rain uh, and into some cover on Saturday that Ryan Day, Looked a little fired up, a little bit different than other weeks. This seemed to he seemed to know there was gonna be a little bit more tests coming Ohio State's way on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I think the big thing for Ryan Day was to set the tone. You know, you hear about Wisconsin big physical football and what did Ohio State do? They out Wisconsin Wisconsin <laughs> when it matters. <laughs> right. I mean, you, you had third downs where Wisconsin put the Rhino package on the field, which I thought might be an issue for Ohio State just because of how big those guys are. And Ohio State, you know, they pushed the the line of scrimmage back two yards, you know, a yard at a time. One yard this play, the next play it was three yards, and you know Chase Young for all the credit he gets in the pass game and, and rushing the passer, he was great in the run in run stopping. And you know the unsung heroes like you guys were talking about earlier, those guys in the middle, they were they were impressive. And and Ryan Day was pushing guys around in pregame and got them fired up. Yes, and he they did. Showed, I saw
0: that. They I got showed, hyped. They showed
3: <laughs> they showed that. Uh, I don't know if they needed it, but but they enjoyed it.
1: I think right. I think everybody liked to see it. I think that this is a little bit, and I wrote about this even before Saturday, and I hadn't seen him do that or knew that he was going to. I'm not sure that he gets enough credit, Schlag's, as a motivator. Obviously, you know that you've got oh, Mickey oh, Marotti to handle a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. for you, uh, but the head coach still has to help set the tone. So he's more than just a play caller. He's more than just a good recruiter. He seems to have a, a good knack. You know, he – Two weeks ago, we were talking about the white belt mentality and yeah. came up with the slogan. That, that's the, sl- that's yeah. the next article you need to ask <laughs> yeah. him about. I mean, he seems to have a good feel for this motivational stuff, too. Urban was pretty dang good at it, but Ryan Day is maybe not getting enough credit for that at this no, point. No, he's
2: not getting enough credit for it because, the, you know, again, think about this. You're marketing to 18- to 22-year-olds, and all you're right. hearing all this outside noise from the local media and the national media of how good Ohio State is, and you, you hear about them playing with a chip. and. You know, playing with a chip when it's done for selfish reasons or i got to go get mine or i got to go prove somebody wrong is unsustainable. So what you do is you implement this, this belt mentality. And Northwestern was the white belt. Hey, you're 6-0. You haven't done nothing, right? Go earn the white belt. Laser focus. you got this chip. But here's what this belt thing, again, marketing does. It keeps the kid's vision focused on accomplishing the <laughs> mission. Right. If the mission is the yellow belt and yellow right. belt is Wisconsin, it, it allows for this not to happen. It's called the drift. Because guess what? You never drift upstream, right? Think about that. 100%. If my entire, my entire mindset is I'm constantly going after this belt, I'm constantly pushing forward, I'm never going to be complacent, rest on what I've done, and drift back, because that's when those things happen in the past in a big game and, and losing to an opponent that you shouldn't lose to. Right. And when you have that mindset, you see a 38-7 victory. And the other thing, too, that what he's doing is, He's using live bullets to train for things that are unforeseen. That's a two-minute drill in Northwestern. That's a 55-yard field goal on long grass when we need it. Well, guess what? The first three points in that rain was it 47, 45-yard or whatever. Yeah, and he hits it. Yep. Right? A two-minute drill. We have experiences with, with what that is, and you only get that experience that you can use later when it's live bullets, not just on Sundays, when you're, when you're doing your walkthrough, and that's how we condition the guys on Sundays. Yeah. Like, like,
3: yeah. like you were saying, this team is motivated by Ryan Day, but I think it's important to remember that this 2017 class, recruiting class, has lost three games in three years at Ohio State and still has not been to the playoff. So Ryan Day's a first-year head coach that has to you know, prove himself this year. Chase Young, as good as he is, has not dominated in a college football playoff game. Jeff Okuda, the same way. Justin Fields is a first-year starting quarterback. So all of the trees are making the forest for this motivation factor, and together you're just seeing it all come together one game at a time. Now you get a bye week, you get two more weeks to go, and then you've got a big one.
2: Yeah, Chase, yeah. I want you to hit on this, but Chase Young said, the brotherhood is only getting stronger. Right, so what does that mean to you? And then I'll I'll piggyback off that because he, he said that on national TV, right, about the brotherhood and how special it is, right, and how it's only getting better. So what does that mean to you as a former Buckeye? That means
0: that totally, they've embraced the the the, the, the journey. They're embracing the journey. They know that they have a lot of they had a lot of questions coming into the season, and every week they've been building building and, and building their building by stacking that up. And they go on collectively, they're looking at each other and going, I got your back, yeah. I got your back, yeah. I got your back. And they like, okay, who has my back if I go down? And then they just like, let's go make a play. Who wants to make a play? Hey, you want to make the play? I'm going to make the play. You want to make a play? I want to make a play. So every Saturday, those guys are looking at each other going, who wants to be the playmaker this week? And I think it's it has risen their their, their level of play up. And I think the simplicity on the defensive side but offensively if you can see with JK he wanted he was so hungry yeah. to play against Jonathan Taylor <laughs> You could he see, wouldn't admit it. You can see how physical he, the, the stiff arms. He's throwing guys off of him. He threw he's a fighting, guy into yeah, the, he, under he, the ground. Uh, he's, he's, he's he's fighting for extra yards. I mean, J.K. was a man amongst boys, and you thought he was the front runner for <laughs> Heisman. I mean, the yeah. big, you know, he's he's leading the Big Ten in rushing with 1,100 yards and some change now. Yeah. So I I I could really see that brother. Like As you said, the brotherhood is that they know there's a goal at, at, at hand, but every week they're chipping away and trying to get make sure they prepare Shlake's, themselves. Yeah. Let me. me
1: let me put it to you this way. Give it because to I've seen Chase Young the last two weeks. When he comes to the sideline in fourth quarter, this is more at Northwestern than last week. Yep. He is celebrating more when Zach Harrison or Javante John Baptiste are out there making a play than he does when he gets a sack. He expects it of himself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And he's trying to bring these other guys up to his level. Right. And you hear the brotherhood every year at Ohio State. It's not like a new thing. That these guys are talking about, but this is one of the first times I can remember in four or five years, maybe since 14, where you can see it and feel it being different.
2: Yeah, and I think part of that, like in the wide receiver room, mm-hmm. and how Brian Hartline talked about their legacy will be on how the guys lead after johnny and paris and and sure. and, uh, and mcclure left yeah. right and then you look at chase and what he's doing and that brotherhood goes into practice his competitive excellence i'm going to make you better you're going to make me better and then when we get out there i expect you to make the play and i got your back as a team party on the ball on defense but here's the thing that just doesn't happen and it goes back to your first question about how much we should give this to ryan day because now urban's not there it right. is him yes Facilitating that it I've heard that it's a player-led team. A player-led team only happens if it's an intentionally placed that way through the coaching staff, through the strength staff, to allow them to buy in and make it player-led. Because if you just said, hey, we're gonna be a player-led team, but you're not facilitating (laughs) and cultivating that culture, molding them into being able to be a player-led team, you won't have the results that you're seeing now.
1: Yeah, you you have to have players who can lead. Exactly.
0: And you take it back to the voting for captains. I think we got how many captains we got? Eight. Mm -hmm. Eight. Yeah. So initially visually we go seven, eight captains, like oh wow. You know, when I was there I had two captains, you know, me two defensive guys. Yeah. Yeah. But now as you, you state Matt. yeah <laughs> uh, as you state, you look at it, it's making a difference because guys want to lead. They they're now there in the forefront. They naturally pushed out there and they're pulling guys along like look, this is what we do. What we do in the receiver room, this is what we do as offensive linemen, this is what we do with special teams. If you want to be a part of this you better come on and get on the boat.
2: <laughs> and that's selfless that's selflessness Like, we don't have that inherently in us. We are selfish. Like, I want to get all my sacks. Right? Like, J.K., celebrating with Master Teague. If you think about what Master Teague has done this year, and you look at and you compare J.K. and Jonathan Taylor, like, Master Teague has a lot of reps and a lot of touchdowns. I mean, if you think about it, he's 23 reps less than Jonathan Taylor with basically going into this game yeah, with 10 right. less yards. Right. Well, Master Teague has all those yards and yeah. all those touchdowns, yeah. right, yeah, to put him up in the stat thing. Yeah. That's, why, that's why you got to take mm-hmm. a holistic view of actually what we're doing, and we're taking him off the field and giving those reps to Master Teague, and he's still celebrating because he is a selfless guy, and he knows that we need the depth, and he wants to celebrate Master Teague.
1: And, Spencer, that's a sign of maturity, too. When you look at what J.K. Dobbins is doing and embracing that, that was frankly not the way he handled the timeshare with Mike Weber last year. We just have to be honest. And part of the reason for what he described as a failure was that he wanted to hit a home run every time he got a carry because he knew that Mike Weber was going to have 50% of that workload. He is different, and you heard him talking after the game on Saturday and for several weeks now. I mean, he, he understands the benefit now. He understands he's going to have his chance to be the lead back. but that he's not going to do it alone. He's not going to win a national championship alone.
3: Yeah, he'll take a three-yard carry, make it into a four-yard carry. The next carry, he'll take a six-yard carry, make it into an eight-yard carry, and he just keeps chipping away at this defense, and then eventually he gets his home run. Yeah. So where he wanted, what he wanted to do last year... He's doing the same exact thing on first and second down. It's just on third down when he gets the ball, he's not looking for the home run. It just happens. Right. because Because he's being a good, patient runner. He knows that Master Teague is behind him, which I do think helps a little bit. You yeah. don't have somebody right over him. Competitive excellence, back. baby. Yes. And, and it excellence. is that competitive yes. excellence. And Master Teague gives a good alternate to what J.K. Dobbins does, but then – I mean, if a defense sees Master Teague two straight downs, then you bring J.K. Dobbins back onto the field, <laughs> that's where the home runs can start to hit even more. Yeah. Because he, you know, both of these running backs can just wear down defenses. J.K. Dobbins just has a special way of doing it. He looks special when he does it too. All
1: right, this is Letterman Live. It's brought to you by our good friends at Roosters here. As we go along here breaking down this 38-7 win for Ohio State, uh, it was funny that the first name that kind of came up for you, was Blake Hobbio hitting that field goal. But Chase Young, I don't I've been driving this Heisman campaign for a while and yes, had she nobody have. on board. I was like, on board. I know I you wanted a defensive player to win, Definitely. but it was like, okay, it's not going to happen. <laughs> it might happen.
0: Gus was giving us giving a lot of love to Chase on Saturday. But Chase showed up and that's that's what you want. I mean, you want to see someone as dominant as him as you stated out of seven games, he's probably played three quarters on average yeah. at most. Yeah. So to get him for four quarters to see his, his total uh, capabilities and go out and just dominate, I mean, it was something awesome to watch. It was f- fantastic as a former player. And he's rocking the number two. So to see yeah. him rocking that, Well, you got you know, two number, got two two going number twos going at it. You got Dobbins. <laughs> you got Young. You know, and I see all the twos in the crowd. I'm just yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I'm feeling the they energy. You know they with me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, you know what? You know what's cool about that, too, is – Wisconsin at the beginning, they weren't double teaming him. And then when they tried to double team him, that's when the push in the interior linemen with Tommy Togiai and Hamilton and and Jay Sean Cornell, and the guys were winning the individual battles, came in. They're like, man. What are we gonna do? Well, you know what? We got to give help. This time we got to do our projection or our protection. Boom! He come. Chase Young comes back with another right. sack or a fumble, and like that's what's happening. It's pick your poison. How are you? How do you want to do this? But it's gonna set up other people. You know, high tide. You know, raises all ships. Yeah. Like, and that's what he's able to do, and why he's probably the number one player in college football is because he has raised. And if you think about it, a 72nd ranked defense in the country to probably number one in the country, and he has done it. Along with our coaching staff and all the guys behind him,
1: it's it's crazy to watch him work. You guys both played in this era with nonstop NFL players on Ohio State's roster. Yes. You played with great players. Yes, I covered the Nick, you know Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa over the last couple of years. I've seen great players at Ohio State for a long time. Chase Young, to me, he's having the best season that I can remember. From I mean, an Ohio State it, defensive. Physically,
0: player. he's 6'6". He's a freak. Two hundred seventy five, two hundred eighty pounds. He got hips. He can, you know, rush. He has power. I mean, the the guy has attributes that's god given. I yeah. mean, it, it, what it took was a coach Johnson. You know, I read. I actually read one of yeah. your old articles that you well, re-released. dot com uh, <laughs> about their relationship yep. and how Chase would call Coach once, twice a week and build that rapport mm-hmm. so Coach Johnson can motivate him as a junior and say, hey, we had all this preseason hype coming in. We know these expectations, but this is what you have to do right. to live up to it. <laughs> now you got to execute against the run. You know, he's fourth in the team in tackles with 29. So now you got to contribute a certain way. Now you got to teach the young guys. you got Zach Harrison coming. Coming in, take him under your wing, show him the way. Mm-hmm. And the level of play for him at this point is like he's a man amongst boys. He's finally matured physically, mentally in the game. As Slags would say, he's playing the game mentally. And a lot of plays that we don't see from sacks or cause fumbles, it's just that he's giving other players opportunities because the offense has to account for him.
2: And the number one thing that you said there, too, is that he has a relationship with his coach. It's built on trust. And he believes him. And that at the end of the day, when you could take an elite player and say, listen, here's what you need to focus on, even after you're 8-0. Yeah, right. I constantly want to be hungry. Right. You're humble. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to work on it. And Larry Johnson, guys, listen, he is the best. This is the type of guy that goes to bed at night with his cell phone on, the th- on his, you know, Pillow, dresser, whatever, yeah. and he'll wake up because all he's thinking about is how he can maximize not just Chase Young, all of his guys. All of them.
0: And the he Russians.
2: builds that rapport. That is the difference of what you're seeing uh, in that room and why those guys also want to develop the younger guys because of the relationship that they have with Larry Johnson. And they feel a responsibility to leave this program better than they found it and, and, and also help uh, Larry Johnson in facilitating that culture
0: after they leave. It's awesome to watch. I mean, if between Nick Bosa, Joy Bosa, and Chase Young over the weekend, you had, oh, I believe, God. 10 sacks, uh, I, um, four cost fumbles, and interceptions. I mean, bumpy. Come on. I mean, Coach Johnson, I mean, he, he, we, if we can get him a raise midseason, let's get this man a raise because yeah, yeah. we don't want to lose him. You yeah. know what I mean? Someone's going to be calling for this call. Yeah, are, are we sure yeah.
1: that there wasn't, like, a Sam Hubbard sack somewhere? Yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. no I mean, yeah we right. should. Look, like, yeah. it's it's crazy what he's done and what he's built. The guy is a legend. And that's like the story you referenced, Doss, like, it is a privilege for me when I get to go in and do some of those all access stories. It not not everyone gets to do it and you know, so when you have that opportunity to pick Larry Johnson's brain, when he's putting on Chase Young high school footage and breaking down what he saw and why he wanted him four or five years ago and how much he thought he needed to grow, I mean you could have you watched Chase Young in high school. He's still dominating people. Right, right. But he, you know, it was crazy to me. I'll never forget, you know, that hour of, of education when Chase Young used a rip move in high school, and he was killing people. That was his go-to move. He was the five-star, one of the best players in the country. Yep. And Larry Johnson said, "You're never going to see that move again." He doesn't teach it, and he'll never use it here. It's a different toolbox. And guess what? He doesn't use it at Ohio right. State. Right. And he's got the scissors, side, side scissors, upper arm, you know, all that stuff. The long arm, and it works. So you talk about buy-in. Chase could have continued to do whatever he wanted and rushed the passer for three years and gone to the NFL. So, no, th- this is the right way. And look at the, the results are just insane. And,
0: and – Lord willing, knock on Wood and Man Stays healthy, we probably have three defensive linemen to go top three, you know, in the last three drafts. I mean, that's what if you got a talent pool like that, I mean Mike Mayock was at the game. He was actually at walkthroughs on Friday for the Raiders and he looks up at Chase Young and he goes, Oh my god, I didn't realize how big he was in person. <laughs> yeah, that's real. You know what I mean? we talking that's about real. NFL GM. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know Chase is having a phenomenal season. It's it's finally great that he's getting the national exposure. Yeah. With the Heisman talk now, but you got still have Justin Fields with you know <laughs> you know on almost 1,700 yards, I believe. 33. 33, pa- 33 passes, touchdowns. 33 yeah. touchdowns. You still have J.K. Dobbins. You know all-purpose yards around 1,300, 1,400. I mean, we got a lot of talent. Go ahead, that. We got three Heisman. I don't know how many Buckeyes can be at the Heisman <laughs> in New York, but we at least got to make sure all. We're one yeah. of them. them all.
1: <laughs> Spencer, what do you think? Will Chase Young get
3: there? I think he will. I think he does. I think, like you've been saying all day, voters knew they messed up when they didn't select Ndamukong Su. I think they'll kind of uh, make reparations for that because if you look at college football right now, you can talk about Tua all you want, but his ankles hurt. You can talk about Jalen Hurts all you want, but he just had a clunker against Kansas State. Justin Fields doesn't put up the kind of numbers that Heisman voters are going to be wowed by, especially in these next two games against Maryland, Maryland and Rutgers when he plays less than a half. Right. right. Uh, you can talk about Joe Burrow, and he's been fantastic. I'm not going to take anything away from Joe Burrow. Name another guy that can can lay claim to the kind of resume that Chase Young has right now. And especially his biggest moment this season was against what a lot of people think is the best offensive line in college football. That's right? true. And he didn't do it against Rutgers. He didn't <laughs> do it against Maryland, although he's going to. Yeah. Right, Right. He didn't do it against against Miami, Ohio, which he did as well. Yeah. He did it against Wisconsin on Fox, the biggest game of the of the weekend. Like you said, you know, everybody's eyes were on that game. Every voter knows what Chase Young's capable of now, and if he just continues on a normal pace, yep. his stats are going to be eye-opening enough to where he'll at least get an invite there. He'll be enjoying uh, a nice dinner in New York City. All right, we're, we're going to take
0: it. A- yeah, not to cut you off, in all respect, the one when I saw Chase Young in the offseason working out, he said to me, in awful respect, I want them to forget the Bosa brothers. <laughs> he, said it, he said, in all yep. awful respect, I love those guys. Those are my teammates, but I, I want to do something
1: that makes everyone forget them. Yeah. And he's doing it. And then the Bosa brothers responded on Sunday by saying, hey, we're still here. <laughs> 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 we're going to take a, a quick break, get a word from our friends, our sponsors, and Schlage's probably going to have some mac and cheese bites. We'll be right I back to things, dive back into Letterman Live here brought to you by Roosters.
3: Hey, Buckeye fans, as the official wing sponsor of your Ohio State Buckeyes, Roosters is giving away 12 trips for two to this year's Buckeye Bowl game. Each trip comes complete with airfare, hotel, gift bag, and two lower-level tickets. One bowl prize winner chosen each week, along with other cool Roosters weekly prizes. So register every week at your favorite Roosters or at RoostersWings.com. Roosters, a fun, casual joint, and the official wing sponsor of Ohio State Athletics. Official contest rules at RoostersWings.com.
1: All right, welcome back. Uh, Schlage is still going to town on those mac and cheese bites. He can't resist. I, just, I know before he even shows up, we're putting it in an order. We're putting it right in front of him. Those won't be there at the end of the show. Uh, get, get finish that bite because we've got to talk about linebackers. So yeah, that's going to be you on deck. Spencer, I'll start with you down there. Like I've been saying this for a couple weeks now and, and even back to the spring that Tough Borland has got uh, a little bit of a bad rap in my estimation. Certainly last year, he had the Achilles injury problems with with scheme fundamentals with Billy Davis we don't need to rehash all that but you know he had a tough go of it I'm not going to deny that it wasn't a good year for him but he wasn't physically ready to be the kind of player that he was two years ago I thought Saturday was one of the best games he's played in his Ohio State career but the linebacking group as a whole what stood out with you and then I'll let Schlags dive into it from there.
3: What stood out to me was they put four linebackers on the field and they've put two linebackers on the field at some times this season. And these linebackers are so versatile, each and every one of them. We you know, Tuff might not be the fastest guy, Pete Werner might not be the fastest guy on the field. But they, all of these linebackers are so versatile that no matter what system they're put in, unless it's the one from last year, they <laughs> what, they're standing going, at the line of scrimmage? They're going to be successful. If you let them read what they know, watch a play develop, they're going to attack the football and they're going to be aggressive with it. Justin Hilliard is the latest example. Justin Hilliard, for as much hype as he had coming in, mm-hmm. injuries, was plagued by injuries, couldn't get on the field, goes in, huge play against Jonathan Taylor, makes a tackle for a loss. Tough Borland, all the criticism he got, he is – I mean, he's kind of just putting a middle finger up to everybody right now. <laughs> <laughs> I in wish that break. he would. He's so he's, – he's like he's a good like, dude. He's man. Playing and and, and yeah, Pete, man. You know, Pete Werner, uh, Pete Werner after the game said – on the fumble recovery, if it was the first play of the drive, he would have scored. <laughs> he was a little gassed. And yeah, people, I'm, I'm sure, sure people are talking about yeah. how slow he is. But these linebackers are flying everywhere. And it's not just Baron Browning anymore like we thought it was at the beginning of the season when he was going everywhere. It's not just Malik Harrison like we saw all year last year. It's all of these guys. And it's just impressive. Top to bottom... These linebackers are so impressive.
2: Yeah, flexibility is the key to air power. That's a term that they use in the Air Force, and it's meaning: Hey, we got an A-10. This is what an A-10 does. We got a an F-15, and they can do you know air-to-air combat and also give ground support. We got an F-16. We got bombers. You have all these different things. If you think about it, all of our linebackers are like that. They all do certain things really at a high level, mm-hmm. and now it's it's up to the coaches to be able to use their talents and adapt our defense to having the best 11 on the field. And what you saw is you had Hillard coming out there playing the fourth linebacker spot. On the edge, being able to set the edge, go make a tackle for loss on a play, guys are playing really, really fast because why? They know what to do. They have great communication, and they're trained at a really high level. And when you see that, you see pursuit. You see tackling. That's the number one thing for me. Guys are tackling. Last year we missed tackles. You missed tackles because you're hesitant about where I should go, so now I'm a step behind, and i got to go dive or reach for a tackle as opposed to being there when I should go make the play. Right? It's a lot easier to shoot my gun and make a play because I know exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Right? right. So that's what you're seeing. From those guys, but ultimately it goes back to our coaches adapt to whatever the offense has given us. Sometimes you'll see three DBs in a safety or corners, right? And Sean, Sean Wayne is a corner, yep. right? But he also plays safety. Yep. Or we might have two safeties and three corners, and we have two linebackers and we're in a 4-2-5, or we're in a 4-4-3, or we're in a 4-3. Like, we have all these different things, and it's all about how we you utilizing the best 11 on the field to go execute against this offense. And then whatever the offense presents to us, we can adjust and adapt very, very quickly because our kids understand the concepts, and that's why you're able to bring back a Chase Young and say, hey, we're going to disguise you, we're going to do this. So it looked like they haven't seen and guess what? They call a timeout. So now they burn one on that. But Chase can do that because he understands the game of football, which is what you need at the next level. It's understanding, hey, there's a hook curl, curl flat player. Hey, I'm, I'm playing Tampa 2. Where are the weaknesses of the defense? Where are the strengths? Hey, here's how I go do my job. And then on the sideline when they got to make a quick adjustment, because I know the concept of our defense, I can go make that real time. Mm-hmm. Right? Real time. So that's what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And, Mike, I'm going to throw in one more tackler here because just to get your perspective, Uh, From the secondary, Damon Arnett came up. He led the team in tackles against Wisconsin. I think it was seven. With a broken hand. With With a broken hand. Broken wrist. Broken wrist. I know for you, making tackles and big hits, that's part of the deal. But cornerbacks, to see them sell out the way that he did, to make a few of those plays. How significant is that?
0: It's great. I mean, it's, it's his senior year. He knows this is it. Just, he's counting down his last games as a Buckeye, and he wants to have the biggest impact he can on the field. And Akuda and Arnett have stepped up and been very physical in the run game. And I think, again, it's to it's contribute to the brotherhood. You know, as I stated earlier, the linebackers, you got Warner, you got Malik tied for first with Jordan Fuller. You yeah. got Warner third. You got Chase Young fourth. You got Browning fifth. You got uh, tough like sixth, seventh. So I mean, it, these guys just want to go out and continue to play hard. They want to. They they want to dominate. They want to yeah. show how good they can really be. And then they have a chip on their shoulder from last year, really, you know, knowing that we di- we don't we didn't get recognized. You stated was seventy seventh, seventy second, yeah, seventy second total defense, de- total defense in the country. And what are we talking and, about? And, you know, uh-huh. we got the same players at right? Ohio State. Uh, that just right, so we got the same players yeah. going out this year and making an impact and stuffing guys. I mean, Wisconsin does have the biggest offensive line in college football. I remember playing them back in 2002. (laughs) The guys were farm boys. Just big, big, big (laughs) son of a guns out there. So, um, Arnett, being physical, coming up with a broken wrist, you know, he, he just, he's, he's going hard. And those guys are having a lot of fun. That's uh, what the, you can see. They're having a lot of fun.
1: I know not everybody likes the, the trash talk and Damon Arnett's mentality, but he, if he didn't have that cast on, he might actually be one of those guys that would say, here's that middle finger for, <laughs> for, for, for doubting me the last couple of years. Right. I, would lo- I mean, I love covering Damon Arnett. I, he's, a, he's another one. when We're talking about tough Borland and the struggles. Damon Arnett acknowledged it. When he came back, he was two feet all the way out the door. Uh, He was in Dallas a couple days after the Rose Bowl looking at a place to stay when he was training for the NFL draft. Makes the decision. Everyone is telling him, hey, you're not there. Yep. And that's got to be hard, Schlegs, anybody, to hear you're not good enough to do something when you think that you are. But he recognized it. This might feed into your leadership stuff. He he took that hard self-evaluation and look at himself that he needed to come back and completely change the way he approaches – uh, life, football, everything else.
2: Yeah, I mean, we all trip at a different time, right? So, like, you look at your kids, you want them to be, you know, you want, them to, you want to push them, but they all trip at a different time. And for him, that was part of that maturing process, right? So, like, hey, you're not good enough. You're going to be a, a this-rounder. Like, why would you leave if you're going to go do that? Why don't you come back and get developed a little bit more, be a leader? And guess what? We're the sum of our life's experiences, and he definitely needed that. But, but you said the word. He's now committed. So, yeah, it's self-introspection. Yep. It's like, hey, here's what i got to do better. Right? Boom. I'm committed to the process, right? I'm embracing the friction, mm-hmm. right? I'm committed to the process of being an elite corner and what it takes for me to, to be at the next level. However, he also understands that by me, having my, my, by me playing corner on the best defense of the country is only going to help my draft stock. Right? Think, think about this. Yes. I was a third-round draft pick because yep. I played in between two first-round draft picks. <laughs> Straight up. like That's why, right? I mean, the better we all are as a sum, right? we're yes. going to be that individually. Yeah. And so he understands that, and he's bought in. And now he's also been able to learn from you know, halfly That's and, I'm Now I'm bringing an, an NFL, NFL experience, and, and, they're, and they're bought in. They're bought in, exactly. Totally committed to the process and the friction, and every week I want to get better, not because it just sets me up for success when we're done playing for the season, but ultimately it's because I know that my goal – personally is to be in the nfl how do i get there it's by us winning a national championship he calls us yes. a natty right the hey natty. ultimately yeah. we're going to go to the natty yep. right and that's that is the goal and after you achieve that goal then all those things will happen and that comes from the leadership of the coaches saying listen everything is there for everybody should they want it but the number one thing you have to focus on is the fundamentals of your craft being a great teammate and brother, and then go executing on Saturdays. If you do that, all those dream and aspirations that you have, going to the next level, they will all come to fruition, and most importantly, when you step on that field at that level, you will be trained and prepared prepared. to go execute at a high level out the gate, and that's what you're seeing from our young guys that go into the league.
1: Yeah, All right, starting to wind it down here on Letterman Live. There Roger is no Biden winding Roosters. down. There's no winding oh, down here. Not for this. I'm not trying to wind down this guy. That's not going to happen. The show is about to okay. come to a close. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, we will we'll keep you ramped up, but it'll be almost time to eat. So, Ohio State's got this off date. It's the second one. It's just a couple weeks ago. We were talking about how they would use it. Uh, Spencer Holbrook uh, down there on the far end wrote a really good piece, I think, about the three up, three was forward good. that Ryan Day yeah, is using. Probably going to be something similar to that for Ohio State this week. So, Spencer, for anyone who didn't see it at LettermanRow.com, what's three up, three forward, and and you think we'll see something similar to that this week? Okay, so the
3: coaching staff gave each guy three guys they loved about them, things they're doing well, which none of them really cared about, and three (laughs) things they all needed to improve on. And I think it showed the maturity of the team that nobody really cared to talk about what they were doing well. Uh, Josh Myers said you know, he didn't even want to talk about it. He didn't care what they had to say he was doing right. And if the coaches deploy that again, I think it's a scary scene for uh, Maryland because every guy was so locked in to that oh, yeah. list. They each remembered you know the things on the list, they knew what they needed to do. Justin Fields pinned it in his locker so he could remember. If I was a betting man, I'd say it's still there. <laughs> you know, these guys know that 8 and 0 was not the goal. And so this 3 up 3 forward mentality that that coach today is i don't know where he got it from if he got it from the nfl or something but he deserves a lot of credit for deploying that because i think it worked wonders on them the first by week and i mean the first off week and it can only do the same thing again
1: schlegs if you take a big picture look at it then what what do the buckeyes need to work on this off date and then head into november when you compete for championships
2: what do they need to work on Man, they're pretty damn good. What, I, what, I, what, I you, what you saw? What you saw? In, yeah, what you saw in? Uh, I would say part of the pass pro being able to have better communication, head on a swivel, guy wrapping around, because there's some things that Wisconsin did that people will replicate, right? It's a copycat. They say it's a copycat league in the NFL. Same thing in college. College. How'd you exploit, you know, Ohio State in the passing game and have sacks? You will see that replicated. Penn State will watch those games. Michigan will watch those games and they'll utilize some of those things. And also, I I think dealing with the elements at the beginning to start really, really fast. Now, here's the deal. They start fast, right? I mean, they outscored their opponents in the first half by a tremendous amount. They'll continue that, but it's like, all right, in the environment like this is where this type of week is if we ever had some type of rain this week, which I don't think we have, uh, like, let's go outside with your gloves. Let's catch balls in that implement. Let's run a two-minute drill. Let's kick field goals. Mm-hmm. Working on those things that are going to prepare them to make this, this run. The ultimate thing that they have to do is remain healthy.
0: Yes. That's the get no, healthy.
2: That, yeah, Get healthy. Jonathan Cooper. Remi- yes. Yeah, remain healthy. You got two games, and then you got two games, right? But ultimately, the best thing is that these coaches are locked in. It's like accomplish the mission, earn your belt, on to the next. Right this week. Here's three things that you need to get better on, and then really what they'll do is they'll probably say, "Okay, here are the last three things that I gave you two weeks ago, three weeks ago. How have you improved upon them in this short time frame?" Okay, I saw it again this week. Here's what you're doing. Your eyes aren't up. You're not having your head on a swivel. You're not able to see when oh, we make this pass yeah. off, or or you took a false step here, and you you're constantly doing that. This is the time when they will evaluate that and work on that intentionally uh, in their practices. So, again, that's. They're very, very small detail-oriented things, but ultimately they're going to come down and be very, very critical when you have high competition at the end of the season.
0: Doss, what do you got? I think uh, we got to just continue to deal death at quarterback. Okay. I mean, Justin, you know, just get him healthy. This is a great week. Uh, he got, got bruised up a little bit, yep. a little low back, hit a little hit pointer, whatever you think it is. Uh, get him, get him together, and just get some reps for our backup quarterbacks, uh, our secondary, our young guys throughout the organization they'll get more reps so they'll get a chance to get keep after them hungry a little bit too. keep them hungry and yep. uh, let them know hey we got a couple more weeks you know coming up and guys just prepare you know just staying hungry get in the classroom knock out some tests get some <laughs> early assignments catch caught up get on top of academics man that's what's important you're here for education and, uh, and just enjoy the week off you know you get the weekend off it's Master McKinley week you know for me <laughs> I you knew know, you, getting mean, getting you it. know, it you know McKinley got to represent this week yep, so yep it's the deer rut this week this weekend
1: these guys have the their off-date <laughs> plans, uh, talking about staying hungry, it's my time to dig in here at Roosters on Letterman Live. Appreciate everybody joining us, as always, every Monday. Spencer Holbrook, Anthony Schlegel, Mike Doss. I am just Austin Ward. We'll g- Take this off date. Enjoy it. Not a lot of great college football games on Saturday, but we'll be right back next week to pre- preview Ohio State and Maryland. It's going to be at noon in the horseshoe. We'll preview that at LettermanRow.com all next week, so stay tuned. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Go Pups this week. Let's go! <laughs> As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA health care means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA health care because it ensures that they get quality, high-level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then. My benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits
2: mentioned here.